you are a sci-fi or video game aficionado like me, then boy, oh boy, this is the breakfast episode for you because my guest today is the delightful Sarah Coates. And Sarah is known to many as the popular character Serena, a.k.a. Pie Girl, on the sci-fi channel series Z Nation. She's also in the popular video game Resident Evil 7 Biohazard as the creepy big boss character Marguerite Baker. In addition, Sarah appears in the film Laggies, which screened at Sundance a few years ago. Very impressive and stars some huge names, including Keira Knightley, Sam Rockwell, Ellie Kemper, Jeff Garland, and Chloe Grace Moretz. So, Sarah Coates is here. She's hilarious. What are we waiting for? Let's get it. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Welcome to the studio, Sarah Coates. Ah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is the best. What? Now, I just have to ask you, what is that What is that thing that you were holding in your hand? What, I, I'm very I interested. You, I knew you were going to It's making it. me a little nervous. It's a gift for you. A gift for a me. A gift for you. Okay. I have started doing something because I use my phone too much, and I wanted to, like, come up with some sort of craft that I could do to, to you know, pass the time. So I started making bracelets, and I made this one for you. Oh. It is a... What does it say? Wow. It's a bracelet that says, breakfast. Ah. <laughs> That's amazing. This is um, the... But for there, swag that I've gotten as right? a host. There are a few rules with the Sarah best friend bracelets. Okay. One, we have to be best friends. Two, done. Okay, done. Two, um, they're not made well. So if they break, you have to make a wish. Okay. And three, if the bracelet breaks in public, you have to run from the beads. You cannot clean them up or your wish will not come true. Okay. Oh, I want my wish to come true. You know, I write the rules, and that's just how it's got to be. So if this breaks during the show, I'm just going to run out of the studio, and you're just going to have to finish the show. Which is what I'm hoping will happen. That's how much <laughs> I want my wish to I come true. I want my one-woman show to start now. No, Thank I'm just you. kidding. But it's it's silly, and I might make more. I have this crazy idea that I would make them for charity. They're so stupid. They're so poorly made. But they, I, I like writing swear words on them. I like <laughs> doing funny, you know, sayings. I like looking at a person and like. What would look good on their wrist? And that's what I'm creating. Nice. Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you very much. Of course. Uh, I'm going to wear this bracelet, and I'm just going to keep wearing it until it breaks because yes, I want that wish. Absolutely. Also, it looks delightful. It's silly. Uh, I'll post pictures of these Yay. on the website, obviously. Yeah. Perfect. So uh, we met on the set of a Jack in the Box commercial with Nick Young, a.k.a. Swaggy P. We absolutely did because you and I are character actors, and we look like an everyday person in an office. We do. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what you what, what you found interesting about that shoot, but we were at the actual corporate headquarters of Jack in the Box. Amazing. Which is in La Jolla, I believe. Somewhere yeah. outside of San Diego right yes. there. A long um, drive. I just remember that. And I remember when we had lunch that they took us into this boardroom mm-hmm. and there was a giant, instead of having like a giant whiteboard, it was a giant 
uh, drive-through menu on the wall yes. that just had all of the stuff at Jack in the Box, and we could choose whatever we wanted. Yeah, if I loved the food from Jack in the Box, it would be my heaven. I do love it. I do mm-hmm. like it. I'm a chicken fajita pita gal. If I'm going to choose a food from there, but it was it was excellent. Okay, I usually pick the um, sourdough Jack. Okay. I guess it was like a late okay. night thing. I'm Solid going to choice. get. Yeah, maybe the Oreo uh, uh, Oreo shake. Pretty good. Uh, the last time I went to Jack in the Box before that commercial was on my 10-year high school reunion. Um, I got so nervous that we drank a lot of beers, and my Odyssey of the Mind team had to call my mom to pick us up. And we're like, what, 28, 29? And she drove us all home at 3 in the morning and drove us through a Jack in the Box drive through So it felt like high school again because wow. <laughs> we were all too drunk to drive packed. home. <laughs> and my adult, my sweet elderly mother picked up three adults and drove them all home. Yeah. And she was like, do you guys still live in the same houses? And yeah, it was, it was an adventure. Wow. I uh, any what do you remember from that from that shoot? I remember Swaggy P having a huge entourage, mm-hmm. uh, crazy Escalade. Him being, and, you know what? And and the guys, what I remember from that also true. What you said is that they almost broke down into the exact archetypes from the show Entourage. There was an E that was like, oh yeah, you know, uh, let's let's let Nick shoot. There's one guy's <laughs> like, let's drink everything. <laughs> oh, what's up, girl? There, there was, was a, there was that was a guy. Jo- yeah. Yeah, that's, there was that guy, yes. and there was the Johnny Drama guy. Who's like, bro, we gotta just. Uh, I'm not going to the valley, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was interesting that entourages are have archetypes that are real. That show is a real representation of an entourage, apparently. And I hope you and I have entourages like that at some point in our careers. Thank you. It's a must. That would be great. <laughs> um, I want to talk about what I would consider your breakout role. No. Uh, Pie Girl ah. in Z Nation. Ah. So many people, fans of that show. It, it's was re, it's really one of my favorite things I've ever done. I my brother is five years older than me, and he is the nerd of all nerds. Loved everything Star Wars, Star Trek, sci fi, anything. So to get a role that lasted, you know, all the seasons of the show. Um, that had to do with something he loved. I was so proud to be able to share that with my brother because he loves, you know, all things nerdy. And to have a character that was supposed to be in one episode and, you know, lasted a few episodes every season was really exciting. And the fans really, like, grasped onto her because she was so weird. And the character wasn't written weird. I just brought the weird because I thought that that would be exciting. And and apparently they really liked it. But, yeah. Now, that's... You know, as a working actor and person who's been on television shows myself, that's, I think, a credit to you that you were able to take a job that was supposed to be one episode and then you end up being in multiple seasons of the show. I mean, that's something when you've done that. You know, it... I like to, and sometimes it doesn't work out for me, like, you know, because we are character actors, you and sure, I. Sure, yeah. So we'll get a script, and sometimes it'll be like, um, more coffee, sir? <laughs> you know, like that. So I will try and bring what I like to do best to the character. And a lot of the time they'll be like, whoa, that's too much. Too much Judd Apatow comedy you're giving me. But sometimes it works. And I give the casting director something so different Mm -hmm. and so fun that they're like, oh, yeah. And then they can actually play with you instead of just coming in and giving them, like, that one tone that they're expecting. Right. Yeah, that's great. So what do you – 
how do you feel about being an iconic character on a show like that, you know? I mean, were there action figures of this character? I assume there were. Uh, there is, I can't remember his name, but I'll definitely post about it on my Instagram. There's a person who creates action figures for Z Nation because he loves the show so much. And so he sends me like every iteration of my character because my character started as Serena. Then I gave birth to a hybrid zombie baby. And then that I turned into that zombie baby. Mm-hmm. These aren't spoilers because the show's been on forever. Um, and then so you I played yourself and and your my daughter. baby. Yes. And I played like a ghost version of myself for a while. So it kind of became this weird joke where they kept killing me and then I kept coming back. And so it was very fun to see like what the writers would come up with next. And if the show had continued, you probably would have come back as a as a cyborg at some yes, point. Cyborg some tiger. Cra- and that's what's great about so uh, Z Nation is produced by Asylum, who does Sharknado. So yeah. And they always called it Z Nation Science. So, like, anything, like, it does not have to really work in the world. They would just create something insane and call it, you know, legit, and it would work. That's what I loved about it. So I'd read the script, and I would just be back as something even crazier. Okay. Um, So you mentioned us being character actors. Yes. Uh, For everyone at home who might be, like, a younger actor or aspiring character actor— when you're coming up with a character, wh- where do you start? Because uh, I guess myself, sometimes I'll yeah, start with a do? voice, uh-huh. uh, maybe a physicality, maybe yeah. a combination of two. What is your process? Um, I like to do a little online research. So I will – what's really fun is to kind of put keywords into YouTube. And so say I'm playing like – so I do a lot of motion capture voiceover as well, which we're probably going to talk about. But if I'm car- playing someone much older than myself – I will Google, like, Southern mom, you know, and that kind of thing. And then kind of watch videos of real people. And like you were saying, like, come up with some sort of vocal affect or um, vocal tick, physical tick that kind of brings me into the character and then allows me to, like, have a solid place where I live as that person. Okay. I guess. If that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. Um, So... Another thing that you're kind of known for is uh, a very popular video game, uh, Resident Evil 7 yes. Biohazard. And you played the, the creepy, uh, you know, boss character. Was it Marguerite Baker? Marguerite Baker. And Baker I actually family. went back and watched clips of that character on YouTube. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, I was like, that doesn't seem like Sarah Coast. And two, what a crazy character. It's funny because a lot of I have a lot of friends on uh, Twitter now that love that video game because they've been playing it for 20 years. And um, they really love this iteration of the game because it's kind of going back to its roots. But it's so funny because they will send me, like, these screenshots. So the character's, like, physicality is based on my face. We did full motion capture okay. voiceover. And so I love that it kind of looks like me, but it's this, like, crazy 60-year-old woman. But they'll, like give me compliments on Twitter and then I will respond with like rainbow emojis and heart eye emojis, which is the exact opposite of this character who is, she's terrifying and she has this dark voice that she, you know, yells at people and they let me say like horrific swear words and kind of the grossest things. And I kind of modeled her off of Kathy Bates in Misery a mm-hmm. little bit because she was she'd go from so sweet and then she would just scream at them yeah. and attack them and kill them which was fun for me I'll be honest when you start doing that voice I almost just ran out of the room really? <laughs> <laughs> Marguerite <your> Baker <laughs> ah! did your bracelet break I'm no <laughs> 
You did a movie called Laggies, I which did. went to Sundance. That's yes. very exciting to me. Um, did you get to go to Sundance? When... I did. And it was so exciting because this is when I still lived in the Seattle area. Okay. I went to University of Washington. And I was doing mostly theater at the time. Um, and Lynn Shelton, who... Um, just put out a movie called Sword of Trust. She is this incredible actor who who's an actor's director. Mm-hmm. She was an actor first. So she really understands actors, and she kind of gave it put like gave me a chance because a lot most of the people in this movie are names like you named at the beginning, like Sam Rockwell, Keira Knightley, Chloe Grace Moretz. Like my scene partner was Ellie Kemper from mm-hmm. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Right, and so to go to Sundance. And have all of these press things and red carpets and, like, Kira grabbing my hand because we became good buddies. And just as a character actor, you know, we work – It's our jobs are a little bit different because we're, we're not necessarily on set all the time. And we don't – like, we're not living it constantly, but we're living so many different lives. So to, you know, work – longer get to know these people get to go through the publicity circuit and and you know be in the freezing cold of sundance for a premiere was a shock to my system and so cool to you know be on on the same stage with these people and you know the the q and a after it was it was lovely very cool uh i've always wanted to go to that uh festival i ended up being in a film that was an acid entry at Con, which is not in the actual competition, but it's like one of the things that yeah. screens at Con. And then I went to watch the movie because I didn't get to go to France. I had one scene one day. Yeah. I played a hot dog vendor, and then I watched the movie, I and that. I wasn't in the movie. No! Uh, yeah. No! <laughs> but that's, that's part of the business, right? And I, I will mean, say there was a girl, so um, there was like a teen portion of the movie in Laggies, and then I was like uh, the Kira's adult friends in the movies. And one of the teen girls who was in it, she was completely cut, and she was sitting next to me. Oh. And it was one of those sad moments where you're just like, oh, my God. I will tell you a quick side story. I did a movie called um, Dreamland with Robert Schwartzman was the director. Really great movie. You know, I just had a day on it. It was like a day player role. And I'm getting my hair washed. And they were like, tell us um, funny sex stories. So I'm an improviser. And I was just coming up. And he he loves working with improvisers. And, you know, I, I had a great day shooting. I go to the premiere the movie opens, and the lead girl, Frankie Shaw, starts telling my stories. Frankie Shaw from... Smilf. Smilf. So she's in the in the movie, and she starts telling the stories I was telling. And I was like, what is happening? I'm completely cut from the movie, except for one, like, quick shot. And all my stories that I was telling that day... She's telling. So you were replaced in a movie by Frankie Shaw. Yeah. Well, like, she didn't take my character. She just took the stories that I told in this hair salon. It was crazy. Oh, okay. So she was a different character, but... She was the late, the lead, one of the leads in the film. But they gave the stories that you had told and said, Frankie, just use these yeah, stories. Yeah, just use these stories. Wow. Because they were really funny. And that happens sometimes when you're like a guest star or in, especially in a film where you're improvising a lot. If you do too much, you know, you're not in more of the movie. So it's like playing it's a fine line to walk but I oh was, sure I, went, I was there with my boyfriend and we were both like 
what? Because some of them were our story. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> surreal and it was, horrifying. It was horrifying. It was horrifying, but it was one of those moments in the business where you're like, "Oh, this happens." Okay, cool. A lot of things happen that you don't think you're going to. You know, I I have an, a story. It's not my story, and I won't tell the name of the person. Yeah. But uh, somebody that was on uh, working on a very popular comedy uh, network comedy, and they improvised a line. Uh, and then they cut. They're like, that was really funny. And then the star goes, yeah, that was really funny. You know what? I'm going to say that line. No. And then they reshot oh. it with him saying that line. Yeah. That It's just, it's like the, he should get a writer credit then. Right. I kind of thought like maybe I'll just go on to IMDb and change myself to like co-writer. But I'm not. The movie Consulting was so producer. good. I, you know, I got paid for my day. That's the the nature of the biz. But it was it was hilarious. Wow. You know, going back. When we were talking about the, I always felt like I could be a voice in a video game. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Do we want to test it? Oh. How should okay. we should I we mean, play a little game? Sh- sure. Well, I think All we should right. try. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let's uh let's say be be like a a John Wayne Western character. Well, hello, partner. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> I'm going to just walk up to this man. I feel like I'm doing like a half a bomb. It sounds well, like Obama. Hello, par- partner. I'm going to walk to the mansion. Hopefully nothing uh, bad will happen. Um, I would still hire you because I see I see charisma there. Ooh. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> now, you mentioned uh, you grew up in Seattle. I did. I love Seattle. Uh, I love visiting Seattle. Yeah. How is it like living in that area? Are you a fan of that? Do you It is gray 95% of the year and then the 5% where it's sunny, you forget that it's gray and then you're shocked again. So when I moved to Los Angeles, I didn't realize what it would be like to I realized I'm a happy person because the sun was out all the time and I didn't have seasonal affective disorder. Um, you can breathe better down there. I'll tell you that. Like, there's a lot more trees. But it's, I actually grew up 45 minutes north of Seattle in a place called Marysville or Lake Stevens. And, um, it, you know, it's just gorgeous. The mountains, the trees. But I'm going to tell you, I've never felt more at home than I do in Los Angeles. It really? is it For me, it is alive with opportunity. And I love, like, going on a hike and seeing people with their sides. And just, like, it is where our business really truly lives and I like seeing it like I still even though I've worked on studio lots like every time I drive by one I get that like chill in my spine it's it's exciting do you uh feel like growing up in that area did that form your comedy in any way absolutely because I was a sad depressed person (laughs) and it kind of made me you know um you can't go outside a lot it's it's as a kid Um, My mom was super magical. I always thought that she was actually a witch. And we would play so many improv games growing up. We'd play uh, party quirks from Whose Line Is It Anyway, like every weekend. So we'd like go outside, come in, have a weird party quirk. And we would just like, it it was a constant, me and my brother and my mom, always like playing games or, or, and I never really thought of it as helping me with what my future would be. And I'm like, I consider myself an empath. So I'm very like connected to people's emotions. So like adding these on, I really feel like helped me later on in my career. But yeah, Seattle, you know, it's the land of uh, serial killers and (laughs) grunge rock 
and Sarah Coates. <laughs> you know, like you just, the people are grumpy and no, I love it there. I, I don't think I'll ever move back, but it, I love to visit my, my best friends. Um, Jeff and Matt live there. They are like my family. We spend every Christmas together. So it's just, it's, it's where my family is, but LA is where my home is. Do you, uh, you ever get recognized? As any of your characters? Uh, you know, I've gone to a few Comic-Cons, but mm-hmm. the f- only place that I've been recognized outside of, like, a, you know, a nerd hub is on the Backstreet Boys cruise. Wait, hold on. <laughs> the Backstreet Boys cru- Wait, were you on the Backstreet Boys cruise, like, getting paid to be there, or were you paying to be on a Backstreet Boys cruise? No, I paid. Oh, wow, um, okay. And I've been on two. One was in Europe, and one made more sense because it was in, like, southern Florida. But I was on the Backstreet Boys cruise, and apparently a girl followed my social media and found out I was there and, like, chased me down. And she was like, pie girl! And I was like, oh, my God, can I buy you something? Like, it's so, for me, it's such a a sweet thing, and it doesn't happen often. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm more of a fan of you than you are of me. Thank you. Oh, and this, here's a funny story. So my so my best friend who got me the first cruise for my birthday, she's her name is Melissa, she's a queen. She gave me this framed letter and I I was like, "What is this?" and I start reading it and it was like um and it's notarized and signed and it says, "Sarah Coates may have sex with these five men on the open international waters during these dates." And it's signed by my boyfriend. Wow. <laughs> And it's, you know, it's a joke, but it was like her way of hilariously telling me that because that's how we kind of bonded over. Get the International Waters <laughs> yeah. Backstreet Boys pass. It's my hall pass, baby. And I brought it on the cruise and I hung it on the wall just in case some reason someone would walk in and be like, oh, we have an OK here. So. Nice. Uh, I want to show you something. You gave me yes. a gift. I want to show you something uh, that I think you'll be very interested in. I know we're both. Dog lovers. Oh I God. have three dogs. I have one, but he's he's like three. He's... So, what do you think of this right here? No, it says dogs versus ice cream. Photography by Diana London. Oh yeah, Diana my... Lundeen. Lundeen. Um, Stop. Actually, me. this is, and I want to mention this is uh, actually a uh, sponsor of the show. Dogs versus ice cream uh, by photographer Diana Lundeen. Uh, now, this book just happens to feature, and I t- tabbed a couple pages for you it's, on the right hand side. That is my have... dog. Luna. Luna, who is my 14-year-old German Shepherd lab mix Labrador who's blind mix. and has diabetes oh. now, but she's still adorable. And her little ice cream running from her chin is the... Mm-hmm. Oh! And then uh, my other dog, Dufresne, Andy Dufresne, who is a Cocker Spaniel French Bulldog mix. <gasps> and you can see he's one of the few dogs that really knows how to actually eat ice he's cream. He's going after this ice cream with just a vengeance. It looks like he, it's just the sweetest picture I've ever seen. She also does other things. She does people photography, but for me, it's all about the pet photography. So oh, if you have a yeah. pet that you want to get some cool pictures of in different scenarios, Diana Lundin, L-U-N-D-I-N, photography, and uh, get your copy of Dog vs. Ice Cream. It's on uh, Amazon, it's on Barnes & Noble, I'm and do uh, it immediately pick up like 10 this. copies. Yes, because we don't deserve dogs. They're too good. They're too pure. Uh, my dog, uh, his name is Reuben Wrinkles, and he has an Instagram if you want to follow <laughs> All right. it. All right. At Reuben Wrinkles. I believe I follow Reuben Wrinkles already. You should. Yeah. You should. He doesn't post as much as he used to because I've kind of like turned my own personal Instagram into his. But I once went to a psychic 
And she said that Ruben and I have lived many lives together and that normally he takes care of me. And the best thing she said is that he wishes that he could live inside my throat and breathe with me. And I said, I didn't need a psychic to tell me that. Wow. (laughs) Well, before we get too much further, I want to talk about, you know, our breakfast that we just had together. Yes, please. We went to the Republic of Pi, which is in the lovely North Hollywood or NoHo Arts District. And best to do it because you went with Pie Girl. So it's That's the right. place to go. Yeah. And I'm the, I didn't get pie, unfortunately. What did you get for your meal? I got a almond croissant. It's my favorite breakfast ever. Um, I kind of want to do a tour of Los Angeles and find like the best places with for almond croissants because I get them everywhere. Um, this place was great. And then I got an oat milk iced latte. Very L.A. of me. All right. I had a uh, latte, uh, kind of al- almond milk latte, oh, nice. and I had a piece of the blueberry peach pie. Perfect, which was delicious. I thought I'm having a meal with Pie Girl. I better have some pie, and that'd be cool pictures to take with us. Yes. We'll have pictures of all this. Ah, and I had some of that pie too, and the crust was to die for. It was delicious. I'm gonna say this idea. I've been on a few podcasts, but the idea that you meet the person before and you have breakfast with them is genius. It is perfect because one, food is awesome, coffee is awesome, and breakfast is the best meal of the day. And so I think that, bravo to you. I bow to you, sir. Well, thank you. I <laughs> I would argue that breakfast is the only meal of the day. True. Uh, I, I could eat it for all three meals. 100%. But you know, it started out as something where... Uh, I do this anyway. I go out and we, it's it's my joke with my friends. We go out and have breakfast. We have breakfast with the Brent and we just talk about our lives and the business and yeah. all this kind of thing, just like we're doing right now. So it was kind of a natural progression yes. for me. But thank you. I appreciate the positive affirmations. I will take Woo-hoo. it. Republic of Pie, now, environment wise, I think it's a very kind of artsy, creative type vibe. Uh, I did notice there are some. Outlets, if you need to plug in, mm-hmm. so if you need to stay a little bit longer, you can. The art was really cool on the walls. I yeah. think it looked like it was for sale. It looked like a lot of people. I love being in a coffee shop slash like breakfast place where you know people are writing scripts or right. like working in the business, having business meetings. It just becomes more alive with like just you know what we do. It surrounds us with this Hollywood yeah. feeling. Yeah. So thank you for coming to breakfast with me. That was great. It was the best. Uh, what? Let's get existential. What, wow. Okay, what do you think right. is the single most important thing that has made you successful? Oh, um, I make sure that I don't take myself too seriously. Um, I And I keep a positive attitude. My main goal is to make friends in this biz. So I just want to work with my friends. So like I have this lovely director that I work with constantly because she continues to hire me named Rachel Goldenberg. She directed the first episode of Z Nation I was on and she just keeps bringing me in for things because she trusts me. I trust her. And we know whatever project we're working on together, we'll get it done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a constant hustle. So I think there's like that separation of, you know, we get no's a lot, but those don't disparage me. They fuel me and they they get me excited for the next opportunity. So just kind of that that positive attitude. Of course, there's sometimes where I'm laying on the ground crying and Ruben's licking my tears. But, you know, I think when you do get on set and you have that win, it refuels you. Yeah. I don't know if you feel that way, but. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I, you know what? I, honestly, I feel like some of the times you're just crying because you want Ruben to lick your face. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You, you see me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, what is something 
you know, that you that you know now as a working actor that you kind of wish you knew when you started? What would save people some time if they knew? Oh, nobody knows what they're doing. Um, you go, like, people know what they're doing, but, like, you, you, you can't be afraid when you go into that casting office. You, sh- you can't be, you guys are our peers. You have to think of it as, like, we're working together. When you're going into the casting office, they're trying to get the best person for the job, and you're trying to be the best person for the job, so work together instead of working against each yeah. other. Because I would go in being like, what do they want? Okay, this is, because I auditioned for Big Little Lies a lot the first season, and, like, I remember thinking, like, I need to give them what they want instead of I need to do what I do best. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would I would tell myself even a few years ago. Like, just do what you're good at, and the people that want that will see it. Yeah. I You know, one thing I kind of broke through on a couple years ago was I was never the guy, if I'm doing an audition, and it was I knew it wasn't going well, that I'd be like, hold on, I need to start over because I just didn't start at the right place yeah. mentally. Or performance-wise, and I would just continue and go yeah, on. Yeah, and push it through, the and you're like, yeah. Whoa. And then you leave, and you're like, oh, and yeah. You do the, you know, the whole beating yourself up all the yes. way home. But now I've gotten to the place where if I start off poorly and I recognize it, I'm going to say, you know, we need to start over. And I think they appreciate it too because they know you weren't they doing know a good job. It's like struggling. Yeah. Right. Of course. Right. And they want, look, they want their job to be done as soon as possible too. Absolutely. They want to find the person that's like, yes, this is the person. Yes. Cool. Now we can, you know, move on. 100%. Um, and also, um, I like that idea that your audition starts the second you get out of your car. So, like, the people you meet, the the way you walk into the room, your your energy, like, it's all – because you're going to be if – you, if you book it, you're going to be on set with these people for hours and hours. So they want to hire someone that's going to be, you know, easy to work with, fun to be around. So I try and, like – Think of that. Like, my audition is from when I get out of my car to when I get back in, yeah. you know, and just kind of being present that whole time and prepared and happy. Right. Yeah. I think that's those. That's great advice. Thanks. Um, <laughs> eventually, mm-hmm. in the future, if things continue as they are, oh, wow. there's going to be a movie someday called mm-hmm. The Sarah Coates Story. 100%. Who will play Sarah Coates in oh, The Sarah Coates Story? Wow, wow, wow. I, you know, if I think about this, let's let's do like a dream person and then like a reality person that's probably going to play it. Okay. So my dream person would probably be someone like Margot Robbie. Um, I find her extremely talented, incredibly beautiful, and a bit. She is a character actor in an ingenue's body, mm-hmm. which I love because you know she played Tanya Harding and in, in whatever that one movie was, and she's just really lovely. But realistically, I'm guessing someone like Tori Spelling will play me in the Hallmark original trauma. Wow. (laughs) Just kidding. Sarah Coates, this has been amazing. Loved uh, hanging out with you. Loved talking about all the dog things and all the Hollywood (laughs) things. And most of all, having a nice breakfast with you. Same. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing that with us. Now, if you would like to interact more with myself... And the show, and see behind-the-scenes items such as pics of Sarah Coates and I having breakfast at Republic of Pie. There are several places you can go. Uh, you can follow the Breakfast Instagram account at Breakfast Podcast. You can follow my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts at Scoops Pope. My website is brentpope.com. You can also follow my Facebook actor page, Sarah Coates. You're a very busy actor, creative person. What's coming up for you and where can we see you and where can we find you on the social medias? um, I love the social medias. I love Instagram. It's at Scotesy, S-C-O-A-T-E-S-Y. I almost couldn't spell my name. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, or on Insta or on Twitter, I'm at SL Coates. Um, I'm I, I'm in this movie called The Parish. It's a horror movie that's coming out at some point. I don't know when. You know, that's the business. You do something and then it comes out years later. Um, I also do a little bit of sketch comedy with this group called uh, Pink AF. Um, you know, and I'm I'm all over the internet trying to make things happen. So, and I love chatting about horror movies, drag queens, dogs. Just come at me. I love I love interacting with you guys. And on that note, thank you for listening so much. Uh, I have been your host, Brent Pope, along with my guest, the wonderful Sarah Coates. Yay. And that's another episode of Breakfast in the old to-go bag. Bye.